Welcome to Dice and Suffering, home of more chaos than we have dice. And we have a lot of dice. Dice and Suffering presents The Black Lotus Gambit, Episode 5 Out for Delivery. Greetings, mortals. Wow, that was very high pitched. I bid you welcome to Dice and the Suffering and Crime, because it is crime time. And in what is not a holiday special, because it's January, and I refuse to do holiday specials after the holidays. It's more of a map fucked off to Disneyland, so I brought these three here to do crime instead. (laughs) Kerry just dabbed, thank you. (laughs) Just for that, you're going first, who are you? Hi, I'm Kerry, and I'm playing Mario Ruby, and I am a spider. Not literally, I only have two legs. Last time I checked, anyway. Kerry is a two-legged bastard. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> My favourite is fine. And who else has crept in my door? Probably hanging from the ceiling, Alex. Hi, I am Alex, and I am not hanging from the ceiling. I am playing Riley Serlin, the lurk with a broken nose, possibly still. Who knows? Well, we'll find out after your downtime when you fixed your nose. And last but no means least, the survivor of last time, Chad. Uh, quick sidebar before I introduce what I'm playing. Does anyone else, every time we start, think of crime time, crime time, crime time? Here's the crime, it never fails, it makes me want to wag my tail. All right, just because I don't want to get sued, I'm going to stop. But I think of it every time we start. Uh, I have no time. idea what you're talking about. We uh, let, does that become our intro? I'm going to tell you, it is because you are too young, Caitlin, because that is a song from a child show about a colored dog and detective work. I think I know this one. So do I, I think. This is like fucking Blue's Clues. Nailed it! <laughs> I've never watched Blue's Clues. Yeah, because you're too Ooh. too young. It existed on TV, I just didn't watch it. It wasn't the golden era, okay? Steve had already left by the time you had entered this world, okay? You you don't know Blue's Clues. You don't know how old I am, I'm an eldritch deity. <laughs> True. I am millennial. Well, well this, this lifespan of yours didn't start soon enough to, uh, you know, mm. enjoy the golden age. Well, bring it up with my parents then. <laughs> Okay, sorry, uh, I'm Chad, and today I am playing the dishonorably discharged soldier, the hound that he is, Crowley Strixhaven. Yes, the hound that isn't blue. Look, it all tied together, even my blues boots reference. I didn't even think of that. God, I'm so good at this. Yes, you're so good at this after you essentially set a demon on the party. <laughs> Good job. Wait the yes, in the wake of last time's episode, the professor has gone to the university to do some research into what you've come across. Partly to, you know, properly arm yourself for the future, and partly to, I don't know, go cry into a book or something, because that's a mood. <laughs> but no, as always, before we hop into what we're doing today, we are, we have the opportunity of lots of downtime for people to deal with their various stress and harm and pain and suffering and any group long-term projects they wish to do. 
So, as follows. Chad, you have two downtime actions to use. Alex, you have three. Kerry, you have four. Uh, I can get mine out of the way real quick uh, because I have first a question. Am I allowed to use both of them for, because I have two separate level one injuries. Can I use both of them for healing of the two separate injuries? I'll say no, because you're running the risk of starting two different healing clocks that can both be stopped. So I'd say do one healing clock. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, You can still use them both for healing and clear one of your injuries, but... Yeah, that's what I'm 100% going to just do double healing then. Uh, I just didn't know if it'd be smarter to do it which way. So thank you for being a kind uh, person on that one. So... I mean, you guys only have, you guys still don't have a proper doctor, so you're only rolling 1d6. Yep. I'll roll 1d6 twice. Yep. All right, that's a three. It's one piece. And that's a two. Okay, your clock is halfway full. Well done. Hey, look, I got it uh, halfway last time, and then I got terrified. And you said it all. Welcome to Blades. It's unforgiving. I have nothing else to do. You're not that stressed, though, I think, so. I only have four stress. Yeah, I'm not that stressed. You can... Well, it means that if other harm comes up, you can resist it slightly, so. Rather than, I don't know, getting traumatized by a cabinet. Alright, who... Alex? You have three. Right, so I'm still not sure how this bit works. Um, Do you have any harm? I've got level one harm and two stress. Okay. With stress, you roll a die and you take the highest number and then you do six minus, like your stress minus that amount. But you can overindulge. And with only two stress, it's probably not worth it. Because you have a... 66% 66% chance of overindulging and fucking yourself over. Your okay, options yeah. are you can work on a long-term project. There are two going on for the gang right now. Yeah. Or you can heal. Okay, so I can heal the harm with yes. one of my other things. Okay, I'll do that. So, one of them, uh, roll 1d6. Three. Okay, so that's, you have a four-piece clock for healing, so that's one segment. What do you depend on works? You have two other downtime actions, so you can try and heal again and see if you can get through the rest of that. Well, use one more for the heal. That's a six. There we go, that's a bit better. It is a bit. Just a bit. What are you potentially wanting to do with the other one? Um, I want to try and find um, Darmok. Tell him about um, the body. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to give you that for free just because it would be some. You've had time between your heist and. Uh, okay. 
Crow- Crowley and the professors. So you could have done that in that time frame. All right. Because the order I've done these episodes in is the order they canonically happen. So there has been like a couple days in between them and that body would have started to smell by now. With a six, you do you do heal three segments of your clock, which gives you four in total. Yeah. So your level one harm broken nose is gone. Yay. You basically just wrench it back into place, kind of patch up the blood and are like, yay. Okay. Yo, look at me. Look at me. All right. Now think of- Is this straight? (laughs) (laughs) Is this not sideways? You're looking all right. So you can, the gang has two long-term projects left. Well, ongoing. You have cleanup, which has seven out of eight segments filled, and you have getting a doctor, which has six out of eight. I did the I, I did the medical stuff last time, so I think I'll continue with that. Because okay. that's almost done. So uh, the professor has been in contact with a friend of his who's who works in like the medical department of the university who can do who's willing to do some kind of backdoor health for you lot essentially because he doesn't pay very well. Yet <laughs> But he's currently trying to sort a few things out before he's able to do it. So that's what the remaining bit is, is kind of clearing up his schedule. So how do you think you could assist him to get him to finish? That is a fantastic question. Clearing up just the schedule of patients in med- getting medicine supplies or something like that. It's getting the supplies in place for you lot to have, which a lot of it has been done by Blake. There's like a little stash of like linens and things in the corner now. There's also, it's also the fact that as an academic, he is dealing with a lot of stuff on site. So you can try and, you can try and get your hands on something, on some better stuff. You could try and deal with some of the paperwork. Uh, paperwork sounds boring, so can I, like, get some more supplies to so we're, like, a bit more topped up rather than having the bare minimum? Yeah, you can try and get your hands on, like, some ether and things, because what you guys have is kind of for wrapping wounds. You don't really have anything for, you know, pain relief yet. Let's get some pain relief drugs. So I'll call it a prowl. Because you are essentially sneaking into a nearby pharmacy and nicking some of the surplus. I have two points in Prowl, so that's... So 2d6. Oh, 2d6, take the highest. Yep. Well, thank fuck for that. I've got a six and a one. We take the six and ignore the one. Thank God for that. Thank God for that, indeed. So... A six brings that clock up to full. So you now have a doctor. You now have Dr. Brian, because Matt came up with such a brilliant name. Thanks, Matt. Is he a, is he a dog as well? I, I just have to check. He's not a dog. Oh, Mainly because that wouldn't work. 
Can you can you imagine a dog trying to give you stitches? Yeah. And Brian could give us stitches, but Doctor Brian will give you stitches, not Dog Brian. <laughs> Doctor. But no, that clock's full, so the gang now has a doctor, which means when you all roll healing stuff from now on, you get 2d6 by default. Nice. Yes, I should have waited. <laughs> Patience is a virtue. Patience go in order of who had the least to the most amount of tasks to do. You offered to go first. Your kindness is your own fault. But no, Marielle, you have four. I have four stress, so... Can I indulge in my vice to get rid of some stress? Yes. So what is your vice? I picked pleasure because it's like all the drinking and gambling and the fun times. And it's like the widest range of things and I'm greedy, so... So what do you like to do? Of yours just drink 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 this okay alcohol. marielle will drink <laughs> <laughs> noted so what is your lowest attribute out of the three categories which one do you add the least dots in um prowess so how many dots do you have in prowess one so roll one Whee! that's a free okay so you are down to one stress well done, you didn't overindulge. May as well stop drinking. Yeah, if you overindulge, you can attract trouble for the gang, get arrested, lose money, get oh, literally like get cut off, or outright get kidnapped. <laughs> Just to double check, even though I should know this at this point, on my sheet I've got level four harm equals dead. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So we've done one of yours to get rid of some stress. I take you want to deal with some of your harm. Do I have harm? You... I don't believe I have harm. Nice. I couldn't remember whether you got harm from the ghost or not. No, uh, the ghost screamed, oh, it, but it, it just yelled it was <laughs> Yeah. Tried to drug a ghost. Try, yes, tried to drug a ghost. So, the gang has a doctor. You can continue the cleanup. That's the other long-term project. Or you can start one of your own if there's something you want. Hmm. Can I put anything into training or...? Yeah, you have three more to use. So, you can put another one into training. Okay. How many trainings can I do at once? <laughs> I'm going to say one per set of downtime okay. actions. That's fair. Just because otherwise you're going to upgrade a lot faster than the others. Beef. <laughs> yeah, Mario will just kick down the door. Being like, what ice up, for death. <laughs> Kicking the door. What up, hoes? <laughs> what up, fuckers? Beep, beep, you sad fucks. <laughs> beep, beep, I've got the law. Okay, um... Well, seeing as I've done lots of things for myself now, can I put something into the cleanup? It sounds boring, but I should probably contribute. So, uh, 
cleanup's almost done, so what are you doing? Just at the moment, Crowley's very proud of the door, and they've been waiting for the window people to come. Hmm. I'm gonna go chase up some window contractors. Yeah, I'll phone up some window people and put on my best Karen voice to demand where it like where's our window? Where is our window? You where is our window? This is unacceptable. Let me speak to your manager. I demand free windows. Where are we? So I'm gonna say that. Well, what do you have dots in for that? Command, consort, sway. Um, I've got one each in command and sway, and I've got two in consort. So let's do consort then. Okay. But you have friends. You can be like, hey, you know those fuckers? They're not doing my windows. I don't have a conversation. Got two dots, so that's two dice. Yep. Yeah, I'm getting there with this. Um, that's a two and a four. We take the four, which is a okay. partial success, which is enough to Yay. fill the clock. Hooray! So you guys have officially fixed the front room after, you know, Marielle stands there and glares at people as they do the windows. But they hadn't done, like, the, the, the ceiling between each of the panes, so there was just air coming through, and you were like, no. All right, we'll go to your manager. Oh, it looks less of a crap shack in here now. Exactly. It actually looks like a decent front of house. At the moment, it's very bare because you haven't all agreed what you're doing as like your money generator on the front. Hookers. <laughs> We've agreed. Hookers at the front, drugs at the back. All right, I can start a clock that says set up hookers. <laughs> on that. Uh, it depends if everyone else agrees to that. I mean, whatever makes us money. <laughs> I am setting a clock that set up the front because now that you actually have a place, you need to see about like hiring someone and actually getting shit sorted. They're not a bad idea. What can I say? I'm very wise. Whether that turned out to be fucking hookers or something. I was joking. <laughs> Chad wasn't. <laughs> Chad hasn't been for like three sessions. <laughs> Whether you lot set up a brothel or not is your doing. But I've set that as a 12 piece for whatever you lot agree on in future. You can do a brothel if you want. I just refuse to to do any voice acting in any great detail. <laughs> Leave that bit to us. <laughs> you ain't paying me for this, so you don't get salacious content. Uh-huh. I'm gonna do silly voices. That's with the one pound and the fake Let me shake my butt. <laughs> But turns out to be two cushions they've stolen off of a chair. Is there anything you want to do as like your own personal thing? I was actually going to ask about that. What are my options for that sort of thing? So you can do like individual projects, which is it's it has the same kind of clock thing, but it's something specifically for you. So say 
say that you wanted to get an old family heirloom back that had been sold, or you're, you needed to fix a weapon, or you wanted to get in contact with someone from your past, but you don't know where they are, you can set up a project for that. It's basically uh-huh. for stuff that can't be handled in a flashback. I'll keep that in mind. But I don't think there's anything else then. Just in that case, just do another consort roll just to start the setting up the front of house one. Then is that still two dice or? Yep. Ooh, six and a four. Take the six. So that is three pieces. So three out of twelve. Fine. I have a cough uh, or something. Interesting pimp. <laughs> looks to be very interested in working with us, not against us. No, you in fact find two muscled people who are willing to act as security for you, regardless of what you set up. Or fought you at every turn. (laughs) So we don't get Jonathan the Pimp just yet. Jonathan the Pimp is at least six segments in the clock. Damn it. Okay. It's like kickstarting. You have to get to certain goals. Can you wear a zebra skin coat? Sure. Does this mean in the next session we're all just going to, every single one of us is going to put our (laughs) downtime into this project? Well, I want to put it this way. Out of context, there is, or out of canon, there is technically, there is an Alex and Kerry session, and then it's all four of you again. That comes back and we've got a fully functioning brothel. Because this is like arc zero. It's getting you off the ground before I bring in like gang wars and shit. Before before we get airships and miniguns. Well, it's more before I start taking into account things like your gang's turf and any lackeys and like a vault and shit like that. It's a bit like D&D before you pick your subclass. In fact, we just don't give Matt the job of handing out money to pay people. Because no one would ever get paid for them. Are we talking from experience? I'm just talking from a read experience. Talking from a read. For whatever plot convenient reason, you are all, apart from the professor, in the shop that day. Probably in... Probably admiring the lovely windows that have been put in and actually, you know, maintain temperature. I approve Who of the knew? double glazing. Approve of the door. Crowley's like, look at this door. Uh, as I said, this door is absolutely fantastic, but these windows really do set the entire rest of the room. Uh, I do quite enjoy the rest of this. There place. are a solid five minutes of content that is Crowley telling people about the door. He's just there, hands on his hips, just nodding. Do you yeah. understand the <laughs> quality that of that wood that is in that door right there and the amount of people it would take to actually kick it in? That door right there is straight up security and straight wonderfulness for this business that we set up. Yes, I know Jeff and uh, Best over there are very strong and could probably knock down a guy's face, but that door right there, it's going to hold the people out first. Her name's Nate and Pate. Okay. <laughs> That's I'm the name. Can it be Jeff Mate and 
Beth Pate. They haven't told you what their what their like birth names are, so if you have a suspicion it might be that. I know you guys already. Don't try and fucking. Their lie first to name's me. actually Checkmate. And Postmate. But no, you are all here. You're kind of being. You've basically. Marielle's been here kind of finishing the cleanup and kind of plotting ahead, kind of envisioning. like, mm, I could put a sofa there. And we could kind of have like a curtain here. It's all very like theater of the mind. Use your imagination, people. <laughs> That's what this is for. We can have a hideous taxidermied fox here. <laughs> oh God, burn it! <laughs> While I'm in the in the back room, just pulling drugs after drugs out my bag. Yeah, Riley's come back in with a suspiciously overblown backpack, and it's like, "Hello," and goes into the back room, and you just hear like opium, horrible <laughs> cowpole. <laughs> <laughs> The cowpaw spoons. <laughs> cowpaw plus. Probably comes back with his one small jar of barely full drugs. Uh, well, uh, I guess I didn't understand the assignment. Clearly. Crowley comes in with his high-grade Black Lotus premium kush in a jar that totally didn't contain a ghost. Don't ask about that. <laughs> Marielle's like, don't ask about that. Where's Riley went to, I don't know, the local B&M and robbed all the 39p paracetamols. Nice. Delicious. About them, and I just emptied my pocket of paracetamol. About that. The bag was so full. <laughs> the bag was so full, I forgot about the paracetamol in my pocket. Impressive. Riley's trousers suddenly become two times smaller. <laughs> But you do all have a knock at your lovely front door. See, isn't that nice? Not just people walking right in and just starting to yell at us. They gotta wait at the door at least. Sounds like a good quality nice, door. Hey, hey, why don't you get the damn door? Like, what are we paying you to do? They're both stood outside like, the fuck? I, w- I will shut the door. That is full of drugs. <laughs> Make- so whoever's at the door doesn't yeah, see One of them's like lifting truck. a heavy bit of wood that had fallen down and was about to drag it outside. Like Nate is like heavy lifting and is like, you want me to open a door? I, I didn't realize we were doing that. Fine, I'll get the fucking door. Yeah, and Pate looks like he sat at a desk doing like accounting or something. Fine, I'll he's get got, the fucking He's got like a monocle on and it's like writing. Uh, I will go and open the front door. Sure. You swing open your beautiful, beautiful door. Does it actually have any security measures on it, or is it just a door? Well, I mean, it does have five separate locks on the front that all have separate mechanisms on them. Of course, I would not buy a door that did not have at least four locks on it. And when I got the fifth lock, I got myself a real deal. I really hunted it down. Let me just see how many of those locks actually work. But the extended warranty and everything. Well, I did let him do essentially a hunt roll for us. Oh, I got a deal on the door for sure. 
most of the locks work. One of them is just kind of there for show. The bolt one, the bolt is actually like of a really flimsy gold. So it looks nice, but it just bends. Well, at least one of them's got to be pretty. And that way, describing fucking locks. These think they got in, but they didn't. And then check and mate, pop them in the face. I'm sorry. Uh, he- can I help you? Who are you? Why are you doing it at our store? There is. There are three different swords at your throats currently, as well, you are ranting about locks. Like I, I, I imagine that I open the door and I'm like just staring at the like window and the locks of the door before turning back in that like classic like sitcom fashion. And then oh, well, it's the metal this gr- is... gear alert sound. <laughs> Well, this is a interesting situation. Uh, may I help you all? There are four, four lackeys, four, four gents just kind of stood at the door, three of which have their swords pointed at you. And the fourth one who has stood kind of in the center, essentially, like arms folded, looking very annoyed. He is like quite light blonde hair. He's fairly well tanned quite angry he has like tawny you know like tiger like the tiger stones it's like that kind of color of his eyes and you know he's a bit he's a bit overweight but we love him and they're all dressed in they're all dressed in the uniform of the red sashes which explains the swords because the Red Sashes are known for originally being sword fighters more than anything, and they still train all of their recruits. Um, at this point, uh, I'd like to put both my hands up. Door still open. Uh, now, folks, I uh, don't think any violence is necessary here at this time, so, and I'm gonna slowly just kind of back up uh, and let so that assuming that the guys with the swords to my throat are going to follow me, so at least everyone can see what's going on. At this point, the other two will have Riley and Mariel will have heard Crowley kind of raise his voice and kind of step back in, and you can see the glint of metal because two of them are hovering a bit further away, but one of them's like pressed right against his Adam's apple. Nate and Pate are both kind of frozen in place because they want to move, but they know that that, the sword is too close for them to do anything. So, like, Nate's just holding, like, beam, like, uh... (laughs) No, no, Pate gets some maths wrong. Now, once again, uh, I, I don't know exactly what this is about, but... I don't feel the need for violence is your first discretion. So maybe we can put down that sword right there and we can chat about whatever this issue is. Considering your proficiency with guns, I'd rather not. Says the blonde man. Both my hands are up, sir, as you can see. And you can see that I am clearly free and clear of any firearm. He just kind of raises an eyebrow at you as if to say, do you really think I believe you're unarmed right now? I said at this moment, I did not say that I did not have guns on me. 
But I said, you can see my hands, and I do not have any extra set of hands that could fire at you at this moment, sir. What an odd sentence. <laughs> kind of walks in, he's like the very like upright military posture, hands behind his back, kind of tucked. Kind of nods at you, Marielle, and nods at you, Riley. It's like, apologies for the more aggressive introduction. But your friend's reputation precedes him, and I'd rather not have any casualties. Are you going to get to the point? Oh. <laughs> he Brazing. smirks at this. <laughs> Brazing, Riley. This is not the time for jokes. I don't know. It's quite funny. <laughs> My name is Carlisle. I am one of the captains of the Red Sashes. It has come to our attention that your neutrality in this gang war is not a guarantee. Um, um, Mr. Carlisle, sir, uh, I don't know why you believe that, but at this time, we are not trying to have any problems with you or your people. You know, I'm not an idiot. If I wanted you dead, you'd be dead already. So I'm clearly here to offer you some sort of bargain. So please don't lie to me. Sir, I'm not trying to lie to you. If you could just kindly ask your associate here to please remove the sword from my throat. I believe we could have a much more courteous discord, if you would. He kind of snaps, and the person moves it back about four centimeters. <laughs> you know, it's not touching your skin anymore. Uh, I take a couple quick steps backwards. They follow you. Uh, I do put my hands down, but I, I don't go for a weapon or anything. I just put my hands down at this point and turn to look at Carlisle. Well... We did not intend to make enemies of you, Carlisle, or any of your people. Uh, but my associates and I, I, I do believe, would be willing to do something to prove that we uh, aren't trying to be your enemy, if you will. Well, I describe it as, you've heard of the phrase, three strikes and you're out. You're currently at two. never played this croquet that you speak of, but uh, I have heard of the terms. Oh no, they're referring to an old an old torture method using a cat and nine tails that you would pass out by the third one. <laughs> you know, normal sentence. Normal, normal military torture methods. Totally, totally cool. Totally fine. Everything's fine. Nothing's wrong here. That's why Crowley made the joke about croquette. Crowley knows. Crowley knows. I don't know. Carlisle kind of... He has a very formal posture, but you can see like his foot is kind of tapping in. Whether it's anxiety or irritation, you're not sure. He kind of glances around the room. He's going... For the sake of transparency, your first strike was... I believe it was you had a nice chat with Pickett? The lamp blacks. 
And I don't believe anything came of that, because I haven't seen any lamp black cronies skittering around this place. But still, Pickett doesn't take notice of people for no reason. For context, Pickett is the second in command of the Lamp Blacks, which is the faction that the Red Slashers are at war with, and who and who is the gangly old lady, like the wiry old lady that looked like she wants to stab you with her nose, that Marielle and Crowley met, along with Bazzo Baz. Sorry, but I, was, I was going for my nose again. Who the hell is that? Riley is not who that is now. The Lamp Blacks, yeah. Marielle remembers it as angry old lady who could cut a bitch. Your second strike is somewhat under contention currently. Well, one of my... One of our men, Trent, had some interesting accusations regarding you and your professor friend. I mean, he's always been a little bit loopy, so we're uncertain how much to believe, but you were definitely involved. Now, Carlisle, um, we aren't clearly on the friendly terms yet, but I will say after we prove that we are not enemies of you, you and I might need to have ourselves a small conversation about Trent. kind of tilts his head and kind of looks over his shoulder at the lackey on his left, kind of mutters something, and that one scurries out the door, off to go do something. So he's clearly listening. Like, all right. This war in Crowsfoot is... It is everything, currently. It is consuming the entire district. Mostly it is between the Red Sashes and the Lamp Blacks, though the Crows are trying to crawl out of whatever pitiful hole they push themselves in after their leader's demise. By setting up shop here and being seen with associates from either party, you do run the risk of putting everyone as your enemies. A bold play. Then again, in the art of swordplay, sometimes bold play is what you need. We have one such idea. Well, not really an idea. We've, ma- we've made a few waves recently. And we've taken a few assets from the Lamblacks. One of which we need someone to be willing to transport to smuggle it across Crowsfoot and down in to Char Hollow, the very base. Char Hollow is the district directly south, like the inner island bit before the river. The reason I don't really want to spare any of my men for this is one, They're quite busy. There's a lot of fighting going on that I need good swordsmen for. And two, the item itself is rather dangerous. And you know, you're a bit more expendable than my people. AKA, if this thing kills you, then I don't have to worry about your loyalty. 
And if it doesn't kill you, maybe you're worth paying attention to. Be that about Trent or about other matters. And it gestures for the other two, and they both... One of them kind of goes outside and seems to be digging through like a cart they brought with them. And the other one is standing guard outside the front door. He kind of relaxes his stance a bit more. Kind of leans against the wall. He's like, right. I'm not going to say this is going to be easy, but... If you'd rather not have the Red Sashes as your enemies from now on, I'd recommend you accept this. We need this with the buyer by, we'll say by by the final bell of the day, which gives you about, ooh, you've got about nine hours. That's doable for people of your ability. Uh, I cannot speak for my associates, but uh, I do wish to show you that we do not wish to be your enemy. If anything, we wish for this place to eventually be a space where everyone can as some would say, a limbo, where we are not on anyone's side, but we exist, I guess, outside of the periphery of all of you gangs. So I would love to show you that we are not your enemy. You're going to call it the limbo. I wasn't, but now, now that's going on the list. No, what have I done? Carlisle, no. It is good pay. Well, it's good pay for us. You lot will get three coin out of it. Which, I mean, isn't bad for a smuggling job. But I'll describe it as three coin and the strikes removed from your record. So we'll be at a clean slate. Which, you know, means the boys won't come and bash down your door anytime soon. Though it looks like I might need four of them for that. I've actually Carlisle, got a decent door. It's a surprise. I do not wish any violence with you. But if you, you don't wish any door, violence on your door. <laughs> if you touch my door, I swear upon all that is holy and unholy in this world. Mr. Strixhaven, please do not threaten me when I am stood right here. I'm I'm sorry. I apologize, sir. It was a unfortunate response. I apologize. Was it that temper that got you discharged? No, no sir. It, it was not. It was a thing. But not, and I, I deep Crowley does almost salute without thinking about it. Again, it's just like an unfortunate, just natural response he has whenever he fucks up. Just, uh, I, I apologize for threatening you, sir. Ladies, what's your opinion on the matter? 
Well, if we don't want this delightful door, Bastion, I suppose we don't have much of a choice now, do we? Ah, look, someone who grasps the situation. Meanwhile, your friend here is hovering in front of your back door as if you're hiding something. Very subtle. Just examining the new person. You're essentially kind of awkwardly stood, like you closed the door to hide like your stash. And you've kind of been stood like with one hand behind your back almost the whole time. So Carlisle has made note of you and is like, uh. Well, I made note. Of, well, I made note of him. Cool. Everyone's made note of each other. Well done. <laughs> What's this going on, Marielle? It's she's trying to affect that. Like, just she doesn't give a shit. Checking her lipstick in her tiny hand mirror. She's listening though. She's doing the listening without giving you attention. So you think you have to demand more of her. Ariel is playing the game. <laughs> we all should fear her. <laughs> she got a tanker of whiskey from somewhere, we're not sure how. But we're all happy about it. <laughs> Mariel is not sharing. <laughs> I sure share. Enough for a price. No, one of his one of after kind of measuring each of you up against whatever scale he has, he kind of watches as the lackey you sent outside comes back in with wearing like thick gloves and holding a quite quite a small package wrapped in cloth in his hands. And he looks he's like walking as if this is going to explode. Kind of walks in gingerly. Well, let's double check. Actually, <laughs> we all die. Oh no! Don't break my door. <laughs> it's not the door. Wait, let me. Can not touch the window while you're at it. Yeah, it's not the window. Ah, uh, he trips on fucking thin air because your floorboards have all been like perfectly nailed down like you made sure of this he trips on thin air like people do and kind of flings this object forward where it kind of unravels out of the cloth there's a bright kind of purplish light and then a boom you all kind of blink your eyes clear as you realize essentially a it's not really a laser, but kind of like a laser, has shot a hole through Pate's head. Really? Was that necessary? So Pate is dead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and your accounts are ruined. There's blood all over them. Well, I assume that you will replace our accountant slash security guard then, right?
Falel raises an eyebrow at you. Raise an eyebrow back at him. Mariella's eyebrows have gone into orbit. <laughs> Mariella's like, what the fuck? My eyebrows become a mustache. What the fuck? Just like... There you go. That's the art card for this episode. Eyebrows in orbit. Mustache eyebrows. I don't want to make you draw that. I want to draw this. Here, take Crowley and just put his eyebrows as his mustache. Get on with it. Uh, Yep, not even at the heist. This is where we are in life. No, Nate kind of looks around puts it, the beam he was holding down gently walks over and just kind of hauls his bo- friend's body out <laughs> meanwhile well, yeah the object is the, the object is just lying on kind of your reception desk really it's a it's just a circlet. It's a simple circlet. That's, you know, looks to be some kind of sil- silvery alloy. And kind of glistening with occasional bits of red. Uh, l- like miniature veins, almost. On this thing. And it's very warm. Like You can see, like, little bits of, like, steam coming off it from after, after it's fired. Carlisle kind of looking at the blood and looking at the object kind of goes, excuse me one minute. Number seven, come here. Kind of leads number seven outside. And you all watch through your lovely window as he guts him and leaves him to die in the street. For being an idiot. Not on our property, right? Yeah, he deliberately takes him outside. And is like in the street rather than like at your door. Uh, I reiterate, what a peach. Well, Carlisle, I do thank you for at least not leaving blood on our nice, nicely newly done floors. So thank you for that. Apologies for my ex subordinate's incompetence. Yes, if you survive the smuggling thing, I will see that your accountant slash security man. What a weird combo is replaced. Or at least I'll give you options because I don't. you don't seem like the kind of people that would immediately accept anyone or I, I offer you. This world's a crazy place. It's all about being multifaceted, as some would say. So we like the kind that can do many things. Yes, Red Slashes are mostly good at stabbing. We are interested in stabbing if that is a needed necessity at that time. So don't I'll take that off the mind table. If I need any assassinations. Carlo makes mental note. They like stabbing. Level two threat. <laughs> We're not sure. Kind of wiping the blood off his sword on, you know, the corpse. He sheaths his blade again. It has a very nice hilt. It's like, it's not jewel encrusted. It's like lined with bits of metal. 
such that if you didn't know how to grab it the correct way, the metal would kind of spike into your hand. So anyone that isn't him, that if you're not intimately familiar with this thing, you will like cut your hand. Which is a very good way to stop people from pulling it out of your scabbard in combat and hitting you with it. It's code for don't take his fucking sword. I know what you lot are like. <laughs> don't give me that. I know you. <laughs> Goes back inside and it's like, okay, context. <sighs> this circlet is... It was... I don't know why the crows had it. The crows had it in an old warehouse of theirs that blew up recently. Well, by blew up, I mean the lamp blacks raided it and burned it to the ground. They're not very subtle. But I sent in a team to go get it, and it seems to be capable of channeling Leviathan blood into beams of energy, like what you witnessed happen to your compatriot. Nate, by this point, has got a mop and is mopping the blood. Oh, <laughs> He's, like, trying to pretend... He's basically pretending he's not part of the conversation. Like, nope, nope, nope. I'm being paid Just work here. I just work here. Please don't ask me questions. Don't talk to me. Don't say anything. Oh no, please they're making eye blow, contact. Please don't blow my head up. Please, please, please. Please don't set off the bloody circlet of death. No, Ryby cannot have his sword. <laughs> I will have that sword one day. You're a lurk, you're not a cutter. I'm, I'm good at taking stuff. Don't doubt my brother's motivation. <laughs> so heist number 57, Riley finally gets the sword. Now oh, Riley what? gets it, Riley's been stabbed with it. Just runs Where? away with a sword <laughs> sticking through her. Dying on the floor. <laughs> Dying on the floor holding the sword. Worth it! This has got a mental image of Riley running away after being impaled through the guts like, I got it, I got it! <laughs> level four? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck you, it's only level three. <laughs> it missed all my organs. <laughs> I resisted it. What do you mean I'm traumatized now? Shut up! <laughs> I got a sword. Wouldn't fucking surprise me. Said that sword is going to be mine one day. Are you trying I to think about it. I'm trying to think of how to be charismatic during this without immediately fucking us all over. Hmm. I've I've held my mouth. I've wanted to call him out so many times. I mean, like when um when Matey fell over and set the laser, I was going to comment. I hope you're um. I hope your promises ain't like what was well basically I was just gonna at some point state that hopefully his money isn't all like the people he buys for working oh, for him. I hope you've got contractors insurance. It, it it was buried in my head when I was thinking don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. Don't don't say it. Carlisle's kind of a cunt. Carlisle's a cunt. Not with staff. And I like him. He's a, like him. Him enough. He's a competent one. That's the difference. 
He's in power and he knows what to do with it, rather than just being an idiot. I know how to combat. He is my competent son. He's General Grievous and, the, and his lackeys are battle droids. I just wanted to make the perfect genetic soldier. Great <laughs> world power. Not for evil. <laughs> Not for good. It's fine, Caitlin's just having a breakdown again. <laughs> like every episode, Caitlin has a breakdown in a different way. Dice is suffering. Caitlin. It's the suffering part. Really, just the therapy for that we all need. You lot bring the dice. Thinly I bring veiled. the suffering. Well, isn't tabletop games essentially just group therapy? Pretty much. Yeah, it's free group therapy, except it's for the fun. crippling math rock addiction. And we don't really get anywhere, <laughs> but we have fun. Oh. I think. Never have too many. I've got two more packs over there. <laughs> a whole drawer in front of me. And that one. Let's okay, not go Caitlin. into it. Oh. That was a strange expression. Oh, that was, um, I just heard more. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. Sorry, my patron demanded more sacrifices. <laughs> what have I told your patron? Not today. Not today, Charlie. Bring Alright, context. Plot. Plot. <laughs> context. Great things. Uh, barely in control of your own fucking show, Caitlin. Well done. This circlet is, as I said, capable of channeling Leviathan blood. You know, the whole thing that powers our entire fucking city into a carryable weapon. People haven't... This hasn't been able to be replicated because, well, it requires a level of innovation and of attunement with magic that, well, most of us don't have. Even your spirit channelers, like your professor friend, aren't at a high enough level to be able to cope with this kind of thing, so... Instead of letting it sit in a lamp black vault and eventually, I don't know, get used to blow up blow up the boss's house. We're selling it for some coin that we're going to use for other parts of this war. We're selling it to Eris. Now Eris is one of the Dimmer sisters. Now, you all kind of have a vague idea of who the Dimmer Sisters are. When you say the word occult, your brain goes Dimmer Sisters. Because they are a very creepy group of recluses that like to live in an old manor house on a hill. And anyone that goes into the house apparently never comes out. People have disappeared in there. People say they can hear them screaming for weeks afterwards. Anything to do... Basically, if you want to do something with the occult, you're probably going to have to deal with the Dimmer Sisters. Because either they control the resources, the people, or 
they're the only method of contact. They're slowly taking over the entire, like that entire branch of industry. So no, you lot are lucky you're going into drugs rather than ghosts. Y'all would be fucked. Yeah, drugs. Yeah, not many people are... They're not outward. They're not like an active gang in the sense that their members are well known. All that's really known is they're called the sisters, though you're not required to be female to join. And you were said they control, they bind spirits to their will, essentially. So like the spirit lock that you faced in the first episode that, you know, the professor said hello. (laughs) (laughs) Said hello to. That's the kind of thing they specialize in. So like, say knowing about a demon, they're your point of contact. But for like, you know, everything, if you actually want their help, there tends to be a price. And for one of them to leave the house and actually be willing to meet strangers for a trade, essentially, is a ridiculously big deal. It's like me leaving the house. Trucks and hookers. <laughs> Why did I give you lot the option? I should have just told you lot you were going to be shadows or assassins. I shouldn't have given you the option. Because it's fun that way? Why, am, why do I give you guys options? You have. We, you guys have the options. Us. We're in charge. Caitlin. Me. Oh no! What have I done? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's illegal. Go this yeah. way, children. They both screw this up. Panic. I'll oh, just give them their own options. I'm sure they can't get it wrong. Calm. They're gonna have set up some hookers. Panic. Asexual screaming. Wrong? Yeah. What can go wrong? Thirty minutes later, a town's burning to the ground. Not again. In fairness, there was a spider on that wall. <laughs> to be fair, it was Marielle. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no, no. Farina. You are meeting Eris. She will meet you in Shahollow on the third bridge. For context, there's little, wherever the river kind of passes through bits of the city in Asalis, there are a number of bridges in each district. It's it's a bit like Venice's canals, where like there's little bridges between different sections and then there's like the big grand ones. So the third small one in Char Hollow, which is in the southwest. You'll recognize her when you see her. They tend to, well, they tend to have a very obvious aura to them and tend to dress in spooky occult robes. Well, I guess if you don't leave the house, you don't have any sense of fashion. I highly recommend you don't drop this. And I also wish to point out that the Lamblacks and the Crows are aware of its existence and are actively searching people for it. 
which means to get to Shaholo, you're going to need to smuggle it through Crow's Foot, across the bridge into Shaholo, and to where Eris is waiting. How you do it is up to you. Whether you take some back streets, whether you manage to secrete yourself in a cabbage cart or something. Distant cry of, my cabbages! <laughs> but I don't care how you do it, as long as you get the job done. Kind of looks at Nate, who's just finished mopping the blood and is like awkwardly wringing the mop. Like, mm -hmm. don't look at me. If you sell it to anyone other than Eris, I will come back here and gut you slowly. Have a good day. Spins on his heel and like marches out. Uh, he does shut the door he, behind him because he's polite. As he marches out, I just like eye the fastenings on the blade, see how it's attached. So one day I, I know the fastest way to unclip it. So when I steal it, I have more success. Yeah, he's got a belt on his trousers that the scabbard is attached to by four different hooks. I'm writing this down. That are all made of metal. So this isn't a light-fingered pick-up thing. This is a mechanism. Um. a charming individual. As you're busy staring at his belt, Riley, you don't notice this. But Carlisle actually drops. Kind of as he sh shuts the door, he kind of hooks a little bit of paper into the gold lock that doesn't shut properly. That blends in fairly well, but Crowley notices it because, you know, he's fucking obsessed with the door. And he steps and looks at it, takes it down, reads it, goes kind of... It's not really ashen, it's kind of irritated and flings the door open and stalks after the retreating form of Carlisle oh bye granddad you get no reply and I'll write up what the note said to Chad later for the benefit of the tape Chad is had to dip out to go collect his lovely wife this is what happens when we all have lives. I think it's illegal. Uh, what's a life? New phone, who dis? <sighs> oh, bye then. He literally just reads this note and then sprints off down the street after Carlisle, who doesn't even bother turning around to greet him. He's just like, nope. And you're like, you think hmm, look, the person with guns. Well, the pensioner is gone, so I guess it's just us. Yes, it does seem that way. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> You're both left with, like, the glowing thing of death on the table. Did they leave us the cloth to wrap it in, at least? Yes, it's on the floor, because it kind of got yeeted. I'm gonna put my gloves on before I wrap it back up. It's very warm. Even through Ugh. the gloves, you're like, eesh. Like, this would burn skin if you touched it normally. Okay, so, note, don't touch it with bare skin. I don't know where the burn ward is here. 
We don't have one. That's still in development. To be honest. <laughs> don't have any after sun. Go to the hospital. What happened? I got burnt by a laser necklace. <laughs> or something. Riley did not find any aloe vera whilst they were off robbing people. Just care. I, I, I saw aloe vera on the side, but the cowpaw was just far too tempting. Cowpaw tastes good, to be fair. Honestly, did you at least pick up any bongella? Shit. No, I didn't. You didn't get bongella! <laughs> what about pseudochrome? Oh, come on, you I must don't... have got pseudochrome. Should, should, should I roll for it? Yeah. Wait, no, I'll roll for it. <laughs> Oh, okay. I'm gonna roll one for Bongello and one for Sudafrim. That's a one. You didn't get Bongelli, you got Bonhella. <laughs> Bonhella. Which is, is spicy Bongella, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of like your mouth ulcers, you just kind of rub chili flakes into your gums. Makes you tough. You're just like, ah! It sounds like an old Babushka method or something. Probably. Burn out the pain. <laughs> and the other one was a five, so I'll say you got you got a big tub of soda creme. It's just it's like two thirds full. Well, that's something. Blake's gonna be so confused. <laughs> this is just gonna be like anyone who's not British who's listening to this might be a bit like what? <laughs> I mean, that's me. Whenever Chad or Matt make. At, like make like references to wrestling. I'm like, what? I'm exactly the same when it comes to wrestling. I mean, talking about Blues Clues earlier, I was going to ask, does anyone here remember Jungle Run? Then I remember, yeah. I remember Jungle Run. <laughs> Jungle Run was the shit. <laughs> it was. And, and the monkeys, the monkeys the throwing run. shit at people. <laughs> I wonder how much they used to get paid because that would be such a fun job. You get to literally throw stuff at children. It's like the best job ever. I know. Do you also remember Raven? Yes! Yeah. There's a challenge begin now! Oh, such a good show! What's the one where they were all in a fortress as well? Um. Oh, that is. Because no. that, oh, the... that, that one. That one slapped. That Wait, is slapped. that the one where they had like an obstacle course in the castle? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Was that Dick and Dot? No. At one point. No. I might have um, been them presenting it, but... Is that, yeah. is that the guy with a voice so deep it, he must have got hit by the... Yeah, 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 yeah. And all the teams had names like Scorpions and Wolves. One sec. Oh, that, that's still my head in now. It's right on the tip of my tongue. Welcome to Dyson Suffering, where we talk about British children's television. On the tip of my tongue. Splatter. Yeah. Um, that doesn't sound right. Or was... Wait, by castle, do you mean the one with... Do you mean trapped? No. So there was Splatterlot. Fort Boyard. Oh, That's Fort it. Boyard. I mean, I'm going back a bit more to my era now, probably, but there used to be a show called 50-50, and I always I wanted know. my... I've always wanted my school to be selected for that when I was little. Never were, though. I've seen St. Trinian's too many times. <laughs> That's what everyone thinks my time at school was like, and I'm like, I mean... 
That's one thing I never watched. I've seen it a few times. It is basically a religious experience at a boarding school to watch. No, essentially what Carlisle has described for you guys is it's a transport. It's a transport mission. You need to get this item, get this cargo across Crow's Foot where you're pretty sure there's going to be at least two like stop and searches. And into Char Hollow. So, in order to do a transport engagement role, I need to know the route you're going to take and how you're going to smuggle this. Hmm. That's alert. It, the thing's wrapped up now, isn't it? Yes. Mariella's wrapped it up gingerly with some gloves on. As a lurk, I'm bound to have a hidden pocket somewhere in my gear, aren't I? Potentially. It could go in there for a moment. Still think, regardless, we should try and take the back routes. So our, so our options are the main road, back routes... Any Regardless of which route you take, you're going to run into some people. But it's a question of, are you going to go the back routes and run the risk of running into the more undesirables? Or risking the thing like going off because it's like more unstable ground? Because a lot of the secret routes you know are like ducking into sewers and things. It, it is a fault. We're listening. An idea is we're probably less suspicious on the main roads than we are in the back streets. It's probably a point with Mariella and her red dresses and her peroxide blonde hair. I mean, stop, bitches. Speaking, speaking from experience, there is a lot of interesting individuals in back alleys. Yes, I do have to concede on that point. So we might be less suspicious on the main road. Hmm. Okay. I guess the journey should be smoother then, potentially. Okay. So you want to take the main road and how are you hiding it? Are you going with your hidden pocket idea? I think so for a minute. Okay. What I'm going to do is, yeah, before I do the engagement roll, I'm going to set up two clocks. One for the journey, which is a good clock, that's how far you get. And one for the level of suspicion. Oof, I know. So depending on how rolls go, I'll fill them accordingly. But basically, you want Journey to fill up before Suspicion does. Because if Suspicion does, you're essentially going... You're going to enter a hostile situation. So it's not going to be combat, really, because Blades doesn't really have combat. You can brawl with someone, but, you know, neither of you have that greater weaponry. Let me just draw a satanic circle or something quickly to bless my dice. 
Okay, let's just draw a satanic circle. I draw a satanic circle. <laughs> Whilst you do that, I'm going to set up the engagement roll. So, one for luck. You always get that. Then, is this plan bold or daring? I'd say yes, you are carrying essentially a live explosive laser through the middle of the street. Just chilling in Riley's pocket. You make it sound so bad. <laughs> it's essentially a rip-off Iron Man repulsor. Nice. This shit can go through stone. <laughs> Thankfully, you know, Pate's head was basically stone, so it didn't break the wall behind it. It just broke its soul. Does the plan's detail expose a vulnerability? No, because you're the target is just kind of generic sh- searches rather than anyone in particular. Can any of your friends or contacts provide aid or insight? Mm, probably not. I got, no, I can't get the blue coat involved in this. That's a terrible idea. So, <laughs> I'm going to say no on my end because Rosalind maybe, but there's nothing I can think of off the top of my head that she could do. And as said, the, bl- the blue coat's just a terrible idea with this. But... Are there any other elements you would like to consider? Uh, normally I'd give you a high... Normally I'd give you a die because this is a low tier target, but I'm I'd have to take one away because this is a high-risk item, so it balances out. So that is only 2d6, I'm afraid. Oh no. I'm sorry. Oh no. Oh no. Uh, it's SpaghettiOs. Magic bliss circle. What <laughs> have you written around it? Ooh, suspicious magic circle. Bless my dice against Bless shit rolls. That make us look suspicious, please. <laughs> make us look suspicious. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Should probably light some candles or something. They thank the RNG gods because one of those is a one and the other one is a six. <laughs> Into the thick of it, <laughs> literally at this point. Thankfully, we take the higher one. Yay! So you guys actually get past the first obstacle, which was a group of lamp blacks patrolling right near the shop. Because that's how shit works. If you get a crit success on an engagement roll, you get past the first obstacle by default. We just kind of walk up and go, nope. You basically see them coming and go, other way, other way, other way. (laughs) It's like when I'm... Like that thing in movies where the person goes the wrong way and they correct them, then they walk quickly the other direction, realizing it's that. Riley essentially turns left. Marielle sees sees the group of lamp blacks, goes other way, and Riley goes. Whoop, da, 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 da. I, I just phase out of existence. He was like, nope. You nope so hard you avoid the lamp blacks. So you're kind of. You're walking along. You're trying to be somewhat subtle. How are you trying not to draw attention to yourself out of curiosity? 
because oh. this thing is very hot in your pocket. Also, I need load from both. Actually, no, I don't because you've gone from the thing with what you have. So I'm saying you're both on light load right now. Light load is less suspicious anyway. Yeah, Riley, you would have been restricted to medium at most. It's all my damn pockets. Yeah. <laughs> so you're both on light because you kind of just went, fuck it, let's walk. It's a nice day. That's <laughs> a nice day for it in all this smog. And the occasional bells of the dying souls. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. We still need to decide how we're not looking suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. I was going to say, because of the type of person she is, I feel like Marielle is the sort of person who's mastered the art of walking along just completely looking like you're minding your own business. Like, I am not suspicious. Someone, that's suspicious. No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll take your word for it. Persuasion check. <laughs> Check out the D20. We're changing plates. Can I use variance modifier? No, because it's ridiculous. Yes, it is. That's one of my okay. favorite things. Caleb, roll your D6, Kerry. I got a 15. Caitlin, you mean a 1 and a 5? No, a literal 15. Understand math. 15 to 6. It's like, where did you buy those dice? Some Chinese knockoff website. Seabay. Bought them from AliExpress. No, I bought them from Wish. Bought them from Iceland. Bought them from Wish, and you're telling me a tetrahagonagonal squexagon isn't a shape. Squexagon? <laughs> Not the squexagon. <laughs> the squexagon. Regardless, <laughs> you end up, you get, you get like out of your little back alleys and you're kind of sauntering along. It's not really a main road because this is crow's foot. There aren't really main roads here. It's just kind of this road is a little bit less dingy than the others. And there's kind of the market stuff going on and kind of weaving your way through. Uh... To get a lay of the land around you, either give me study or survey. I have a point in one point in survey, so that's one d one d six, isn't it? One dot equals one d six. Three. As a fail. Oh, that is a success. With a complication, but hey. Oh no! Welcome <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> to blades. Riley, you're a bit too focused on, you know, the increasing heat in your pocket. You know when something's warm and you kind of have it against like a layer of fabric and it's slowly heating up, getting I, more I think, uncomfortable. I think to myself, I thought heat metal was in that only in that game of called D and D. Dice and death. Dipsticks and dandelions. <laughs> <laughs> you notice up ahead that there is essentially it's like a blockade it's a search blockade 
Oh, it's a mixture of blue coats, lamp blacks, and crows, as far as you can tell. You're not sure why the blue coats are there. Maybe to stop the two groups from stabbing each other. Too much. Your complication. Okay. Well, that child rolled like garbage. A child tried to swipe, like your purse, but realized you didn't have one. So it's just kind of awkwardly hit you on the leg and left. Okay. What a rude child that deserves a kick. <laughs> kick the child. Mariella does not kick the child. Thank you. Praise Mariella, no. Mariella, yes. More? Do you relay this information to Riley? Yeah. I kind of... Are we near any sort of shop fronts or any such thing? There's a lot of market stalls around that you can kind of turn to and pretend to peruse. Yeah. I kind of pat her on the arm and turn us around as if trying to show her something. And then very subtly gesture to the blockade. Yes. You're both staring at a bread stall. Hmm. Hmm. Bread. Yum. Why a bread roll for us? So if they eyed us, the odd like turn away from the thing, it's to see that we bought some bread to eat. It's very chalky because this is crow's foot and, you know, they use chalk instead of flour for some of the stuff. Uh, just like the good old times. Riley's probably used to the taste of chalky bread, to be honest. Yeah, you really are. Probably can't cause that much in the way of long-term health conditions. Just don't eat it too often. I mean, people don't live that long here. Right. How'd you die? Bread. And <laughs> died on a bread overdose. He's brown bread. Right, so we need to work out how we're getting past. Hmm. Are there any ways... I know this is a stupid question, but are there any ways around the blockade? How would you like to find this out? Hmm. Good question. I guess either study or survey. I guess survey would fit more. We'll also raise the option that you are in a marketplace full of people. Okay. Maybe they know. I could use my talky skills to say, tell me this. <laughs> Alas, Kerry is not charismatic. Because, I mean, the one benefit of the fact you spotted the blue coats means that a lot of the people in Crowsfoot will be willing to go round them. If the blue coats weren't there, or if you hadn't noticed them, then people would be less likely to tell you another way around. Hmm. People are scared of the gangs. People don't like the blue coats. I look around and see if there's any. Sort of, for lack of a better term, likely looking people who might help us. Any shifty people stood in an alleyway? Yeah, preferably with Shif a trench coat. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> Study or survey to find shifty people. Hmm, that's only a two. That's not good. 
There's someone in a trench coat, but it's a very nice trench coat. Mm, this trench coat looks too nice. It's less in the shifty way and more in the I'm actually a fairly well-off person spying on the peasants who work for me so I have an excuse to fire them and not pay them anymore kind of trench coat. Wrong type of trench coat. And there's one next to him who's like, definitely wrong type of trench coat. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's like a hey kid, want to buy some drugs kind of trench coat. Damn, that's the one I want to talk to. <laughs> but instead of drugs, it's like, hey kids, come in my van, I have candy. Luckily, Mariella is not too old for that. It's like, I have my own candy, damn it. <laughs> and my own van. No, wait, no, I don't, not yet. What's a van? <laughs> I have my own cart that is pulled by me. I mean, either what? you and Alex can pull a flashback as well if you want to, like, go back and look at maps or something. Hmm. What does the market stall person that we've just bought bread off look like? Uh, today, the that's odd. So it's a fairly busty woman. But, like, her sleeves pushed up, like, flour all over her clothes. Kind of very muscled. Like, she definitely needs the bread herself. I could probably beat you to death with a flower sack. Okay. I like the sound of her already. Does she look like she'd be willing to help? Or I like mean, you just, you just paid her, so she's more willing to talk to you than the other people perusing the stall but not buying. Okay. So, can I try and get her attention? Yeah. Uh, let me see how busy they are. Okay, fuck all busy. Fine. <laughs> There's nobody else here. Well, there are a couple people, but they're very clearly just killing time. Loki, put the dice. He rolled a six. Loki, what the fuck? He picked it up in his mouth. I made him drop it and he rolled a six. He did good. Well done, cat. You just killed everyone. Oh, no. Maybe I'll get you to roll for the big bad. At the Not in this heist. After I've got her attention, I'd just kind of like to lean forward a little bit. Say, so, I don't suppose you'd be able to help me, would you? Kind of looks either side. It's like, help you with what, love? Is there a way around all of this? I sort of gesture without really turning around this mess. Gesture at the blockade. <laughs> Oh, you want a way around? You want a way? Let me let me guess. You got in trouble with some blue coats recently. Not as such. I just don't particularly feel like dealing with them. I mean, I don't blame you. They took like half my. They took half my grain supply for tax purposes. Oh, the thieving bastards! That's what I said. I, I can. I can I can tell you a way around. If you know. Throw something my way. Okay. Um what if I got in the way of money on me? I'll say you have a few silver. Slide some silver across the counter just very subtly. 
Will this help? Just as it happens, she's like she like slides it under and goes, Oh, now I remember. My bakery. It actually backs on to backs onto the canal by the underpath of one of the bridges. Okay. So you know, you could you could skip that whole blockade and cross the river. If you say went to the back door and knocked four times. And said Bertha sent you. Bertha. They call me Busty Bertha. Because I'll bust their heads together if they talk shit to me. Nothing to do with the wow. heaving bosoms. They're <laughs> <laughs> right fucking there. The sort of bosoms you could probably fall into and be lost forever. <laughs> They've probably suffocated several lovers. I mean, there are probably worse ways to go. <laughs> there are worse ways to go. <laughs> Titty. <laughs> Titties. <laughs> Everyone likes them, I guess. <laughs> Message Chad like you're missing the titties. <laughs> the big titty woman. You're missing titties. We put titties. <laughs> just, in the, <laughs> just in the chat. I gotta put titty. Uh, and this bakery. Where might I find it? Well, let's see. From here, where would you go? If I were you, I'd... I'd go to the end. Like, walk as if you're going towards the blue coats. Take a right, left, and then left again, and it's the third building on your right. Okay. It'll be fairly obvious, mainly because, you know, it's a bakery. It'll be the one place that's bloody boiling. Mm. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you for your patronage. I'm sure we'll be back. We gotta stick together in CrossFit. That we have. Knife Pat Riley on the arm. We should be making tracks. Riley's essentially witnessed this masterful like conversation and bribery. Like, Riley is very yeah. impressed. Riley's like, I approve of this message. I'm going to follow Bertha's directions. They're all busty Bertha. <laughs> busty Bertha. Busty Bertha. Matt's going to be so confused when he checks the Twitter later. Well, it's just, haha, titty. I just, for the pen of the tape, we have a group chat. And I just sent to the group chat with no context. Heh <laughs> titties. Almost everyone in the group likes titties, so. This is true, but it's also, it's come from me, who is the person we least expect this from. That's why it's always funnier. It is. Like, Caitlin, no. Mainly because I'm cringing yes. in my own humour. My sense of humour stopped ageing when I was about 14. So if somebody says penis, I still find it funny. Hehe, <laughs> penis. <laughs> that reminds me, I was playing Halo the other day with some friends and 
I was playing on New Year's actually, and I was like, I'd had some to drink, and I was just like, fuck it. It's near midnight. I hate fireworks, and I'm bored. It's <laughs> playing Halo, slightly tipsy, and just ended up ended up coming up with the phrase "General Talia." <laughs> we just, and my mate Lark's lost it. He's like, it's like, oh, you know, like how Tinder and things is like full of dick pics, and I'm like, if someone ever did that to me, I'd just be like, that is a genitalia. <laughs> that is a penis. Goodbye. My experience in Tinder is one of my friends when I was in college saying, I have to show you this, like, dick pic I got on Tinder. And I was like, all right. Showed it to me. So as long as this guy's fucking arm. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you kill someone. Our tutor looked at it too, like, what? But the thing is, she was tiny. I was like, yeah, you want to fucking stay away from him. That will kill you. <laughs> oh, look, you've been impaled. <laughs> I don't know what he did, but... That's something that occasionally lives rent-free in my head. It's like, how? Rolling pin. <laughs> Maybe it was. <laughs> Maybe like, like a tie flattener. <laughs> Could be. Intriguing. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to unthink that now. I'll turn up to work tomorrow just traumatised. <laughs> and then like, Kate, are you okay? And I'll be like, no! Holy shit, did I see the human version of Tripod? <laughs> Burn it. Carrie did see human tripod. Every so often I remember tripod exists and I hate everything a little more. I I I love tripod. Just the fucking voice. Also the fact I know. I know tripod will come back and I know he will come to me. I know. I mean I fully intend to go back to the strip club. Varen gets a day job as a dancer. What's going to happen is Varen's going to be like, Varen will be in danger or something, and Davian will go see him, and then Tripod's just fucking there for some reason. So he's not that bad. Keep him the fuck away from me. <laughs> I will t I will make him two-legged. <laughs> just leave Tripod and his, his enormous wang alone. <laughs> I will cut off his enormous wang. I will wing it. <laughs> I will wink no way. Without that, we already <laughs> break down. Without Chad, we've completely gone. Alex, if you think this is bad, you should have seen the shard solo. <laughs> we stopped for a half hour break in the middle to talk shit. <laughs> we started by being like, I yes, now the moon is in the correct position for us to have our occult sacrifices. I think the three of us in general were just the worst are going off topic. We are <laughs> chaos incarnate. But it, I, I think it's fun. Yeah. After it's the best medicine, I had a shit morning and this has made me feel better. A mood. Okay, you follow Busty <clears throat> Bertha's directions. Riley, mildly startled. R Riley thinks, I don't talk, I normally just Still, so I'm amazed that that's actually a thing talking your way through people. Has its limitations. Like when you stab them, you can no longer talk to them. Yes, the, the talking comes before the stabbing, generally speaking. Yeah. Damn it. But you, um, get your way to the door. How many times do you knock? 
Four. Twenty-seven. I had to, I had to check. Notes. Sometimes I won't ask, but I just I do it enough that you will panic and have to write it down anyway. Keeps Fun evil tip for you. Make them remember minute details, but don't always bring it up. I will make that in my evil notes. I do have this image of you having like a PowerPoint of evil. Caitlin, yesterday, you've learned too much evil. Caitlin, stay. Here's some more evil. <laughs> so when it's not directed at me, I'm like, yes, go, go forth. When it's directed at me, wait, no. Here's something from Corey. No. <laughs> I can imagine at the bottom of Carrie's PowerPoint is just a picture of Mermaid Man screaming evil. <laughs> oh no, I'm the person who makes my PowerPoint evil by adding like spinning effects to everything. Starwipe. <laughs> <laughs> and all the worst word art you can think of. Starwipe for every transition. Oh hell yeah. First. No, you knock four times. Kind of like but an eight-year-old boy who looks very grimy. From clearly working the bellows for the for the bread ovens, kind of opens the door and is out. What? Oh, Bertha sent us. Oh, she did, did she? What she? What do you want? Just to just pass through, as it were. You just want to pass through. We do. Ah, huh, that makes a difference. All right, come in. Thank you. Kind of scampers back, waits till you both in, shuts the door, scampers through the. You're in a kit. You're in a bakery kitchen, essentially. There's several other children, kind of like working dough and getting stuff out of ovens. There's a couple of them that are just loading fuel into the fires. There's a few other adults in the room who are like doing like the heavy kneading. Does it smell good in here? It smells lovely in here. Is bloody boiling. Like, Riley, honestly, the rest of you now feels the same temperature as the bit that is resting against this circlet. I mean, all these pockets are working against me. There's <laughs> too many pockets. I've been outmaneuvered. But you are... Get to the other door. And the child... Hannah swings it open and is like, Thank you for visiting Bertha's Baps. Thank you for your assistance. Okay, bye. Shut the door. <laughs> Scampers off to continue with what he was doing. Well, that was easy enough. Now we move on. Let's see what else has is it, in the room. Has it burnt a hole in you yet? <laughs> No, it's getting there. There is a hole starting to form in your pocket. It's not big enough to do any damage yet, but I wouldn't recommend putting any thin objects in there right now. We should Mainly because I, I just rolled a fortune roll for the state of your clothes and I got a three, so... Uh, yeah, I, I, I just say, we should probably keep moving. At some point, perhaps we should swap it over. I don't want to be a bad idea. Let's see what these next checkpoints come to first. Okay. You kind of duck under the um, 
you duck under the bridge bit because the front the, the side of Bertha's Baps you went through was like the public entrance and you go around the back bit which is right by the canals so you kind of skirt along because it's quite skinny but you do essentially get to a bit where it's not really a bridge it's kind of a collection of debris that has essentially made a mini bridge it's like a crashed boat. There's some random boxes that have been yeeted into the river. There's a couple posts that used to be like markers. Both of you give me a finesse roll. So however Whoa. many dots you have in finesse, please. I have two. What? Four to six. Five. There you go. Partial, partial success, full success. Good. So, Marielle, I'll say your... Mariella's foot kind of dips the water and makes like a splash. But you keep your balance and you don't fall in. You're just kind of like, whoop. Mm. You were too fo- fo- too focused on um, your dress not trailing in the water. <laughs> yeah, it's very dainty. Like, a few inches. <laughs> I have ankles. Is <gasps> your ankles showing? Meanwhile, Riley like does like a hopscotch routine across. Riley's a show-off and Marielle is a whore for showing off her ankles. <laughs> yes! <laughs> the show-off and the whore. That's the that title is a, of that. that. Is an, yeah, that's an episode title. <laughs> Demonetized! Alright, let's see how observant all the people on the bridge are. Did you know, it's not a very well-made bridge and there are a few holes in it. There's a three and a two. You're garbage, bridge, bridge people. You're garbage. So the people on the bridge don't notice us. They don't. They're too busy arguing about. You're not. Sh- One of them seems to be arguing about bread. <laughs> Apparently, they think this bread is too chalky, and the other one's like, "This bread is too chalky. It's disgusting." The other one's like, "I'm fucking crowsfoot. What do you expect? We're not going to get quality bread here. Can't afford it." What do you mean you can't afford it? It's like. Not that I can't afford it. They can't afford to cook with the proper ingredients because we keep taking the good shit for taxes. Yeah, but we need that stuff for our good bread. I don't think you understand how the economics works around here. I just want a decent bread. Then go to fucking Brightstone! Oh, fine. I'm not getting you any bread. I have a baguette! <laughs> now they're yelling about baguettes. This is fine. Wee. They're not paying attention. I'm, so, I'm sorry. This is where I am in life. Still not as bad as the fucking postcode lottery boys. Let's go ask if this counts as our heist then, or? So that means at some point, Alex works with Chad and I work with Matt. Oh no. <laughs> That's going to be chaos. Whole hours with Mariella just taking the piss out of the professor. What else would we do for the whole session? Oh, my dear professor, please shut the fuck up. Oh, my dear professor, what the fuck? She calls him that to take the piss out of him. You realise I'm going to make you two go to a fancy ball thing at some point as each other's date. Being like, you are the plus one, you have to be together. Ha ha. And you have to pretend to be civil to each other. 
in order to keep the cover up. I can do that. If I have to do that with the professor, I will not gonna lie, I might make him feel really uncomfortable and flirt with him just to see how awkward I could make him. I mean that's a dangerous game to play. The last person who last person who flirted with him, you know, ended up dead. Whoops. That is very true. And you know, he left the murder weapon behind. Well, to quote yes. Chad about something that went wrong in our house, that's a problem for future us. Yes. <laughs> he said that in his fuck up with with Matt as well. He was like, that's future us's problem. And I'm like, there are so many problems coming for the future. <laughs> Chapter Crowley, two, no. the door for our problems. <laughs> Crowley, that's a future problem for us. Shuts the door. Don't touch my Prob- fucking door. <laughs> I'm gonna have the door held hostage in like the next I, episode I, or something. I'm not gonna lie, I have a note written down: hire a sniper to protect the door. <laughs> that down so, as a stuff. If all if all our problems turn up on our doorstep one day, are ninety percent of them gonna be Crowley's at this point, <laughs> or the professors? Mostly Crowley or the professors. Oh, we have a few then. It's like well, an Amazon delivery of problems. There's at least one per heist we've done. What you come up to next is essentially there's several it's not like a full line blockade like the last one was. It's there's the main road but you can see several people kind of sitting on rooftops looking down. Mm. Or there's the back road with what looks like you'd essentially have to clamber over some walls and kind of through like twisty back roads. How many people are there roughly like on the rooftops? Study or survey? Uh, Survey. I've got a point in survey, so four. Marshall's You can see five. They're all kind of spaced apart from each other. You're assuming by like the symmetrical nature that there might be a sixth opposite the fifth person, but you can't tell from where you are. Yeah, and they would definitely see us going to the alleyway. Complicate. I'll say. What's your complication? Uh, The one closest to them is waving at you. I give him a confused wave back. (laughs) Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. He's actually humming that up there by himself. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. As we're slowly making our way across, I say to Marielle, it might be worth just going through the checkpoint and see what happens. How well hidden is this thing that's currently burning a hole in Riley's pocket? It is a hidden thief pocket. Which means they'd have to they'd have to get a crit six to to like be able to fish it out. Okay. Ooh. We can call for flashbacks for stuff, can't we? You can call for flashbacks, and you also have your items of load. 
available to you. Uh, okay, I'm going to flashback slightly. Um, okay. Before we left, um, the, poc- the proper pocket I have, which is on top of the hidden pocket, to try and hide the, um, the circlet better, I have a, uh, I've put just an old necklace that I've collected at some point in there. So if they search, they find the necklace first. Okay, take one stress for that flashback and mark old, mark decoy necklace off your load. That's right off my list. That's fine. So kind of, Riley relays the stewards. There's a decoy in place. Okay. You are also aware of the fact that if they touch it with bare skin, they'll probably let go. Because, you know, metal plus skin equals bad. Equals ouch. Equals yowza. Right. I think we're pushing our luck with taking all the back alleys, so I think we should go straight through this checkpoint to snap threshold. Just walk through it like walk through like you're meant to be there. Okay. In order to do that, I'm gonna say it's a sway roll. You can yes. we can do this as a group action. And you can push yourself to get an extra die or to negate disadvantage. Or you can ask for a devil's bargain. These are all options. Group action means you both roll and we take the success. We take whoever gets the highest. Hmm. How many dots do you have in that? None. I've got one. You can combine them, so you can push yourself, get extra die, and then do a group action. How much stress? It's just it's additional stress. How much stress do you have? Um, one, but honestly, I'm willing just to see what happens. And one other question. If you ask for a devil's bargain... You don't have you to like, take it. You, so you don't actually have to take the devil's bargain? No, you don't. Hmm. It's basically, devil's bargain is, I will give you a tempting out that has a consequence. I love that term, devil's bargain. What do you reckon? Devil's bargain, or should we test our luck with the dice? Actually, we don't even have to take the devil's bargain. You want to see what it is first? Yeah, let's... Yeah, we might as well hear what it is. You can... You'll both get plus one to any of these sway checks as you go through this checkpoint. But by the end... By the time you reach Eris at the end it will have burned through to your skin and you will be taking harm. Mm-hmm. How much harm depends on how long it takes you. I mean, can we do it as a group? Because statistically speaking, I've got more chance of getting a four or above than Alex. You can still roll as a group action. So if you accept this devil's bargain, it would then be 
you'd have two dice to roll, Kerry. And Alex would right. have one. And we'd take the highest of those three. But we don't know how much harm Riley would take. Yes. Basically, if it takes you... I will set a time. I will set up a clock for how far it's burnt through. So whether it's a light burn, which is level one, a moderate burn, which is level two, or a severe burn, which is level three. It's up to you, Alex, because you're you'd be the one taking harm. I think we should try our luck without the devil's bargain. Take the group okay. roll. Do it. Very well. Group roll. One dice from Kerry, disadvantage from Riley. Ooh, that's not. Boy, I got a six. Hey. Nice. hey. Um, my that's low right. was my low was a three. <laughs> I rolled that in the center of the star. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> you take one stress from the group action, Mariella. Because with group actions, whoever's leading, you take a stress for every failure. Thankfully, just because it's just Riley, it's one failure. Just hold my head up and carry on walking like I'm supposed to be there. You basically walk like you are the goddamn queen. And Riley kind of skitters (laughs) after you like the hired help. Yeah, I have that hired help sort of jaunt like deference you're like (laughs) the missus need me and sort of like i was a (laughs) t-rex i can't reach it's too small that's a lot of dice rolls panic i was i was rolling to see what like how observant all of them are only one of them is in any way suspicious it's kind of the last one. He kind of shoves himself down from his little ledge. Like, does a forward roll. Like, springs up in front of you and is like, what's a pretty lady like you doing walking down a street like this? I'm just passing through. Where are you going? Not to be disrespectful. This is a man, isn't it? Just so I can get the first yes. time right. Okay. Not to be disrespectful, sir, but I don't believe that's any of your business. A lady never tells. Oh, I got one with bite. All right. Just wanted to make sure. I take it the skittering one behind is with you. Or yes, are you, she's with me. Or, okay, just checking, because sometimes we get lovely ladies like yourself walking through here with some undesirables tagging along. I do appreciate your concern. No problem. You two carry on. Have a nice day. You too. As I'm walking off like the queen. It's all the better I haven't seen you. <laughs> kind of doffs his cap and scampers back up. Wave at him. Enough, once we're far enough away, I say to them, if I, have to, if I ever have to walk like that again, I swear to God, I'm just going to like jump off one of these bridges. Oh, stop being so melodramatic. (laughs) (laughs) I I know we do... I know we do things differently, but sometimes, for lack of a better term, you do have to kiss ass. It gets you quite far in life. You know, I wasn't 
we haven't had a chance to talk, so I wasn't really sure what to make of you, but you're pretty cool. Thank you. I'd say the same about you. Right. We should keep going. Funding. Over time. We move with pace. Not sure I'd entirely dare to call Crowley Grandad. Uh, he's, he's basically the pensioner of the group. I mean, to put it into a set, Crowley's very young 20s. No, he's spirited enough. Yes, remembering him trying to drug <laughs> Mariella remembers him trying to drug a ghost <laughs> interesting I'm putting it sorry I was going to say I've been putting it very facetiously but that's basically I mean it's happened. a very literal description he dropped some <laughs> drugs into a jar that had a ghost in it I don't think he knew there was a ghost in there at the time it does now the ghost was not happy Ghost was angry. As a problem for future Crowley, though. Yeah. That's literally Fred, I think that's when he first said it. He's like, that's a problem for future us. So you actually... You get into... You get into Char Hollow. That's fine. Like, that's very much what that road was. It's kind of the difference between Crow's Foot and Char Hollow, which is mainly there's less soot on the ground. All a little bit cleaner, not by much, but a little bit. And you kind of wander, you wander down a bit more, and keeping your eye out. And you realize as you approach the second bridge in Char Hollow that you're being followed by some lamp blacks. Not very subtly. They seem to want you to know that they're there. What kind of distance are they following us at? Well, originally they were trying to stay like 50 foot away. But they're slowly kind of gaining five foot every so often. Without turning my head to let give them any indication that I'm paying them any sort of attention, I say very quietly to Riley... Do we stop and confront them or do we just keep moving? Because if we keep moving and they follow us to our final destination, I do believe we are royally screwed. Well, time for me to try and do what the spider does best, I guess. Question for the GM. Is there any set time that you like need to call a flashback? No, you can call it in the middle of like the action as it were it's a way of it's because in blades in the dark beyond how like the entry point you don't do any real planning so it's not in like set actions like dnd yeah whilst in dnd once you've declared something it's canon with blades you can go back and get support or if you come up with an idea part way through you can adjust it's a bit more improv based. Okay. Well, let's at least try something. And I'm going to stop, then turn around and do my best to look slightly surprised that we're being followed. There's two of them. They kind of look like thing one and thing two, really. <laughs> oh, how horrifying. 
<laughs> a little bit. Do their hair is lit? Does their hair literally just go? And they have weird yes. noses. They have weird noses, kind of gangly limbs, the weird hair, but they are in like lamp black uniform. Oh, my jester's got day jobs. <laughs> yeah, your jester's got day jobs, and they managed to get the knives removed from their hands. Sad knife noises. <laughs> Sad knife. <laughs> but um, essentially, one of Jesus, Lark, hi. Casual cat, don't mind him. Essentially, what you turn around and one of them kind of, thing two kind of staggers into thing one because he wasn't expecting you to kind of whirl around on them. Just greetings. Greetings, mortal. I don't actually say that. <laughs> I bid you welcome to Dyson Suffering. <laughs> Wait, no, we did that already. I do my best to look slightly surprised that they're there. Like, oh, can I help you, gentlemen, at all? Assuming they're gentlemen. You can't really tell. <laughs> they're a little no, well, bit it's... too beyond <laughs> human form. I mean, isn't that just what people default to in this type of setting? If they're not this is true. humanoid, exactly. You assume, but who knows anymore? Everything is chaos. Like, thing one and thing two kind of look at each other, and then they look at you. And then they look at Riley. Then they look at each other. And one of them's out. Well, we were told to come and search people for a missing object. And, well, we noticed you and you're walking from where the object was stolen. So we thought maybe we'd approach you and ask to, to search. Oh, is that right? A stolen object, you say? What would that be? Well, we can't get into a major amount of detail, madam, because, you know, don't want to give it away. Sure, it's we an have item no of jewelry. Jewelry? Well, jewelry. Quite valuable. Oh, isn't most jewelry? Well, yes, but it is also a sentimental value to the boss. Yes, those things are often the most valuable. Ariel is making a play of like holding her necklace between her hands. It's just a very simple necklace with like a red. It's probably imitation glass because I should imagine rubies are very expensive. One thing, one. The one who talks like this is like watching you, like slightly mesmerized. don't believe we've heard of any jewellery going missing. And all the jewellery we've got is mine. As you can see, my friend, whilst I very much admire her practical style, she's not one for jewellery. I'm, I'm giving them the stare like, it's kind of insulting that you'd assume we have it. Whatever you're looking for, sort of like, stare. Well, I mean... We kind of have to do our jobs here. Oh, of course. It's, it's just a quick check. It's just a... I need you to turn out your pockets in front of us. I'll stand here, so... Good out. The other one steps away. Sam, 
got in the way. And so I can't pick up any of the items, so you can't accuse me of stealing. Because we might have used those. There, it got stabbed. It was awkward. As you can see, I don't have any pockets on me currently. I was referring to your compatriot, I'm afraid, madam. Because as you've clearly shown, you've shown your only jewellery. I am satisfied that you are in no way tied to the crime. Well, I... I open up one pocket which is empty and I open up the other pocket and pull out the um, decoy necklace. This is all I've got. And no, you're not having this. This is for a special someone and I will cut your hand off if you even try to take this. You don't need to threaten us. Jesus Christ, we have a description of the item. Oh, so you do know something at least. Highly. just trying to do my job of course you'll have to i'm so sorry about my friend's manners she's very very emotionally attached to that necklace and it has almost been stolen before oh i'm so sorry to hear that i guess you don't have the same power my boss has is and that you couldn't send out like a bunch of forces to search for it so it must be a lot harder yes it's it's always terrible when you don't have that kind of power. I do need Riley. Uh-oh. I need you to give me a prowess resistance roll, please. A, pro- a prowess? So, how many dots do you have in prowess? Two. So, roll two die. Take the highest one. I got a six and a nine. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's illegal. <laughs> Alex got a sixty-nine. Nice. No, burn it. Dice. Got to laugh. React to that hit, titties. <laughs> Since that is a critical success on this, you actually clear one stress. Oh, get in. Because that's what happens when you get a crit success on a resistance roll. Because normally you'd get zero. With a six, you get zero stress. Resistance rolls is you take six stress minus whatever the highest dice result was. So if you got a four, you'd take two stress in total. But because you got a crit, you take none and you clear stress because you live the high life. Basically, you don't react at all, but you can feel... The circlet has gone through your pocket by now and is kind of land is in the bit of the pocket where that necklace just was and is kind of leaning against your skin now. I'm going to start a harm clock. Uh, it's only got one thing in it. Once I get four slots up, it goes up to level two. So you don't need to make note of it now. I'll tell you what the harm ends up being at the end. But because you didn't react at all, they don't get any suspicious of you. Well, excusing, I'm just going to move past the defensive touchy one here. As long as that's all your pockets. Kind of like does a circle round just to check. 
I mean, I got a butt pocket, but I'm pretty sure that's empty if you want to have a check. I mean, if you could just pull it out, I don't really want to touch your butt. <laughs> that's harassment. <laughs> the boss had gilled me. Butt the butt pocket's empty. Are all your pockets empty? I'm going to assume, I mean, I haven't actually gotten anything. Because technically you both have four load. Which means I've you used... should have some items on you. I've got... I've got... I hide them in my socks. I have... A dagger. I have the decoy necklace. And I didn't actually get round to pick it. Oh, wait. No. So... Yeah, you haven't picked the other two. But because I've had this guy turn out your pockets, I'm basically making you make it up now. Okay, so the decoy necklace is one of mine. I have a knife... Because I've always got a knife. I on say me. that's on your belt. That's fine. Yeah, and in my back pocket, I've got documents, receipt for the bread. Bertha did not give you a receipt. Damn it! Receipts don't um, really happen here. Uh, what else have I got? God, all my stuff is so like. Just think of nondescript shit. Maybe you have a key for something. Maybe you have a lighter. Maybe you have, I don't know, a pamphlet. Riley's pocket match. Yeah, Riley's pocket. Pocket lint. I have a lighter in my back pocket. Yeah, you have a rudimentary lighter that's recently been handed round. It's one of those like freebies at a job fair. And I don't know, a pen. There you go. Yeah, alright. Those are your items. Ariel, because they didn't make you like turn out your socks or anything, they're not gonna. I'm not gonna make you list yours. Okay. So I'm assuming Mariel's kind of hidden them in her bra slash socks. She tends to wear shawls quite a lot, so something's probably under there. But she is the sort of person who does hide things in her bra. It's a very yeah. good place for hiding. It's like someone will try and attack, and she's just like shame. <laughs> Please remove your hand from my cleavage, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, I will cut that hand off. With what? Shing! Just pull a knife out of my shoe or something. Oh god, Moira would be proud of me. Oh no. Well, thank you. Um, We're gonna go now. Have a nice day. I hope you, you recover from whatever trauma happened to take your necklace last time, because at the moment it's really giving people a negative perception of you. Yes, I oh. agree. Have a wonderful evening. You look depressed. And then they leave. <laughs> I, 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 I carry on moving. Like muttering to myself loud enough that um, that they could probably just about hear me say to uh, Mariella, "Can you believe they would think we would take something of theirs? God, people these days." Uh, it's an, they're just doing their job, just like the rest of us. Trying in the tone of voice, saying, "Riley, shut up! We're in public. You have to act like you belong here." <laughs> I was just trying. Well, no disrespect, Riley. 
Sometimes you have to think before the words come out of your mouth. I know that's not your area of expertise, and I'm not lecturing you, but as if you're a professor, I would lecture you. (laughs) You're new to the job, so clearly they get intimidated by that sort of thing. Yes, the poor beans. Right, come on then, let's go before you end up losing a leg. My leg! (laughs) No. Riley does not turn oh. into a fish. Into <laughs> <laughs> a fish and scream, my leg. My leg! Did you ever, I was going to say, have you ever heard of, we'll talk about this after, because Riley Bernie timer. Riley Bernie timer. It takes you a bit longer to get to the third bridge where you're meeting. Where you're meeting, Eresu, but. You get there. You just have to go a bit further around because one of the walls is kind of... One of the walls of a house has collapsed and is kind of blocking the road right now. For heaven's sakes. Yeah, so you have to go round. Ugh. Ugh. But you can get... You get to the bridge and... By now, by the time it's taken you to go across... Across crows for... Across most of... Eh, words. Most of Char Hollow and deal with people and have conversations and all of this. It's about, let's say, it was about. It was about fourth bell ish when you lot. Yeah, it was about fourth bell, fourth, fifth bell when you lot, um. Brain work were propositioned by Carlisle. So right now it's about 10 at night. So you've still got a couple hours before the deadline anyway. But you get to this bridge and there is, there's a few people around, but there's only one person actually standing on the bridge. There is a hooded figure in a long gray robe kind of stood, arms tucked together inside the sleeves, staring out, staring out across the canals. Like her face is like veiled in shadow, but you can kind of catch wisps of kind of red hair coming out. And everyone kind of gives her at least five feet of space. (laughs) Even though this bridge is like seven feet. Everyone walks on the sides and to avoid <laughs> Everyone like sh- like shimmies <laughs> along like hitman to get away from them. The, the more intimidated people says, guess I'll walk wade through the river. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna swim by. I suppose that's a good indicator of who we're looking for. Possibly. Anyone else on anyone else of interest on the bridge or is she the most distinctive looking one? She is the most distinctive. There's a few like lovey couples that were going to have like a lovey dovey moment, but then are mildly terrified of the weird occult lady stood there. <laughs> so like, I swear, to, I swear to God, if there's a padlock bridge here, <laughs> I will smash up the bridge. There is not a padlock bridge here because that's a danger. <laughs> I'm just going to go and stand probably about five, ten foot away from this woman against the edge of the bridge for a moment, pretending to look out over. Hey, baby, what are you looking at? (laughs) 
There's kind of <laughs> Riley's kind of lurking nearby. As Mariella just kind of strides up and kind of leans, looking out across the canal. It's it's murky. The water's never been clear here. And the smog in the air kind of gives everything a very eerie vibe. Which, you know, works for her whole aesthetic. But after about five minutes of awkward silence and the sound... Wait, let me check something. The sound of one person diving in, into the water. Riley just watches as like this very confident looking businessman. Like he looks fairly well off, kind of strides past, pauses, strides back, climbs on the ledge, jumps in, swims. It's just the sheer amount of negative energy in this area. He literally walks through, he's like, mm -hmm, having a great day. Mm, nope, 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 nope. Swimming to work is healthier anyway. <laughs> this is good for my cholesterol. <laughs> what the fuck is that? But no, after about five minutes, the woman kind of almost... She doesn't really twirl. She, kind of, she essentially just kind of hovers round. It's kind of that thing of... She moves so smoothly that it's like her feet aren't turning. It's just like, yes, it's like she's a rotating object. <laughs> she moves so slowly, she's invisible. It's just, it's like she's on a stand in a museum, just turning slowly. Or like a stick in a kebab shop. Either or. Right. <laughs> and she kind of pulls her hood down. And she is a very pale young woman. Looks about 16. Like long red hair, like very dark brown eyes, looks fairly normal, kind of freckles, kind of very long neck in these very simple, like occult style robes, and with a little charm necklace, just with the letters DS on it, which you assume stands for Dimitrisla. Kind of takes her hands out. You notice her nails are like fucking flawless. Like, you didn't know there was a place to get manicures around here. Now Mariella knows. Mariella's like quick need to join the Dimmer Sisters. Get free manicures. She kind of looks at you stood nearby and then looks at Riley who's like on the other side. It's like, did you bring the package? First, who's asking? Just so we know we've got the right person. I am heiress of the Dimmer Sisters. In Blades, there's no way to insight this shit, is there? I was going to ask that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, flashback for a description or try and get a really high study roll, but honestly, flashback for a description is better. I think I'll flashback for a description because I don't have, I've only got one dot in study. That's, I might that's just... one stress. Uh, depends on how complex the flashback is, but honestly, right. Halal probably would have given you a description if you'd asked. Yeah. It is exactly as this woman is in front of you. So how many stress boys is that? At zero, because that's a complicated. Oh, okay. Basically, non-complicated flashbacks, like simple things that probably should have come up earlier, but we forgot. Zero. Something that involves a bit more setup. 
one. Something that involves a ridiculous <clears throat> amount of setup. Two. Okay. And then anything beyond that is that's not flashbackable. That's like a full project. Get out. So I can see that, yes, this is definitely the right person. It matches the description down to like the little charm. Thing. Okay. Uh, gesture for Riley to come over. Yeah, I, I do come over with the gesture. Her eyes creepily follow you. <laughs> yes, we have your package here. I'll hold out. Make sure there's no one looking before taking out the um, feast pocket. I should imagine the creepy atmosphere helps disguise it a little, maybe? Honestly. <laughs> the negative energy wall that everyone the is like. The negative oh. energy is like expanded out, but it's just covering the whole bridge. Like, you see a couple people walking as if they want to go across the bridge, then just turning around and going, nope. Yeah, the <laughs> pigeon who was sat on the end of the bridge is literally just dropped dead. <laughs> There are like five dead pigeons just there. Normal days. You kind of like gingerly hand this across, trying to be gentle, but also, ow, it's hot. Because it's essentially, it's almost burnt through the cloth. It was wrapped in. And you kind of lay it on her skin, on her hands, and you see like, you can see it starting to burn into her skin, but she doesn't visibly react. And you kind of both just quietly hear the sizzle because her skin is being cooked. You can hear it. And you hate it. <laughs> she kind of raises it up to an eye and kind of looks at the patterns, the almost vein-like structures on it. It's like, yes, this has been missing for a while. It was good of Carlisle to return it to us. We will receive his shipment of coin and resources. What did he say he owed you? Free. I'll be honest with her. You don't fuck with the nemesist. Yeah. No, just trying to clear someone who has expertise in percept in um insight. I think ghost. Kind of reaches into a pocket and pulls out like a big bag of silver that kind of drops it into your hand where the circlet was before and on it weighs about three coins <laughs> there might be a few extra silver in there i'm not sure thank you for your services we may be in touch in future for other opportunities. All done. Our pleasure in that case. If you come across anything particularly occult in nature, we will of course reimburse you for your trouble. I'm sure we will keep that in mind. Good day. Which kind of like floats away. <laughs> Yeah, okay. she literally just kind of like fucking. <laughs> As Aurora enters the next area, the pigeon that was just out of it dies. You can just see a trail of dead birds as she leaves. <laughs> like, Aurora's no. So, 
suppose we can take the quick way home now that we have nothing to hide. Put some Savalon on that leg of yours. So three coin, it was only level one harm. Level one harm, magic burn. Have I already done that? It's a magic burn or? Yeah, that's what it's called. It's so we know what it was for. Because sometimes, depending on the harm, other stuff might happen to have to fix it. Like, if you were cursed, I wouldn't get you to do, like, a medical role. I'd get you to do, like, an occult role. Science. But no, with the windows in your shop fully in place, mild death threats, a, a dick who was very good at his job, a very quickly dead security man, and a trip across town involving Busty Bertha and first degree burns. You know, all in all a good day. You got paid. The, the Red Sashes might not try and kill you now. Technically, we can end it there. You win? <laughs> Question mark? Yay! <laughs> we do Yay. good. Slender Chan. Hooray, Slender Nyan. I mean, that could have gone a lot worse. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dice and Suffering. If you enjoyed it, check out everyone involved in the description and find the rest of the episodes on all podcasting platforms or at themindgame.org. And may your dice rolls go well, though we all know they won't. <laughs>